That is the sound of the bell for round number seven, Pacific Coast Boxing. Here we go, folks. Punches and bunches. Shoe shines in the corner. Hot sauce to the ribs. Ganchos al hígado. When in doubt, stick it out. Duro, duro, duro. Pacific Coast Boxing. Alfonso Ruiz here with Rick Prado. Rick, what's up, man? Well, I'm just getting ready for this weekend. I think it's our last mega fight of the year. Yeah, I would I would say that's the case. Uh, of course, you're talking about Caleb Plant and Canelo Alvarez. Um, there's some good fights coming up, mm-hmm. Rick, but certainly this is as big as it gets with boxing's number one star. Clearly, boxing's number one pound for pound. That has to be without argument, Rick. So that in, yeah. its, that in itself, just the fact that we get to see boxing pound for pound number one fighter this Saturday mm-hmm. makes it probably the last mega fight for the weekend. So I agree with you. No, yeah, look, you're looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, we're going to break that down. In fact, that's going to be our uh, our first segment after our intro is we're going to break down that fight, tail of the tape, and what, if anything, Rick, can Caleb Plant do to to actually win the fight? You know, mm-hmm. never mind, you know, make it interesting. Never mind, make it competitive, right? Is there anything that Caleb Plant can realistically do to win the fight. Yeah, well, we'll break it down in a little bit, but, uh, you know, got some some things that he needs to do to win this fight. Yeah. Can he do it or not? Well, you know, we'll see, but what um, the best plan to, to, to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right, because, again, you know, uh, we're not talking about an undefeated Canelo Alvarez. We're talking mm-hmm. about a, you know, one defeat to Mayweather, also had, you know, he had some difficult fights along the way. The uh, Arislandi Lara fight mm-hmm. comes to mind, right? One judge actually gave the fight to Lara. Some folks think that Lara beat him. So there's certainly, right, a blueprint on how to stymie what Canelo does. The problem is, Rick, we're talking about those fights were over five years ago. Yeah. And this is a much different Canelo Alvarez. Mm-hmm. So we're going to find out, uh, of course, this Saturday, but we're going to break that down completely as they... Uh, one of those guys is going to be the unified super middleweight champion. Yeah. So that's going to be pretty good. Um, we had some fights that took place over the weekend, Rick. Um, we missed talking about our guy, Jerron Boots Enos, mm-hmm. who, was, who looked absolutely dominating this past Saturday. No, impressive. knockout. Yeah, impressive. You know, knocked down his opponent twice and, uh, you know, looked really good doing it. And uh, I think they were trying to make this like a test you know like Crawford knocked this guy out in five rounds you know yeah. six years ago yeah you know how um how quickly could he knock him out yeah yeah exactly and, you know and he by the way was saying all the right things saying mm-hmm. you know he wants everyone right yeah He's saying that you know bring him on and then of course the first one he asked for was Spence Jr. right yeah. I'd rather he asked for Crawford uh-huh. than Spence but either way man he looked uh he looked very sharp I'll tell you, um, on that particular card, right, that's where there was the um, the WBA eliminator, right, um, Jamal James against uh, Budaev, right? Yeah. And I'll tell you, the that particular fight, which is exactly why, Rick, I've been reaching out to Jack Reese and his organization about becoming a referee myself, mm-hmm. one of the worst stoppages that I've ever seen in boxing, Rick. Yeah, no, there's, uh, there's a lot of bad referees out there, and uh, I know you do a great job. You know, there. Well, yeah. I mean, and by the way, the the bar is not even that high. Yeah. Right. So it's not like I have to go in there and outperform a bunch a bunch mm-hmm. of uh, you know really great referees. 
I'm sorry, right, to those referees that are doing a good job, right? But is it just me, right, or is the glory days, I was thinking about this, Rick, mm -hmm. the glory days of refereeing, you know, when you look at, you know, even when you look around at some of the posters that are in here and you look at some of the great fights, you know, it was always a Joey Cortez, yeah, Richard Steele, Carlos Padilla. Um, a Mills Lane. A Mills Lane, right. Yeah. I'm I'm firm, but I'm fair. Maybe yeah. I think that was Joey Cortez, actually, right? Mills Lane was, let's get it on. Yeah, right. Let's get it on. Like I said, Carlos Padilla. Carlos Padilla did the uh, Duran um, and um, and Leonard fight. Mm -hmm. There's a poster there where you see the uh, uh, the Thrill in Manila. Um, I think it's the Thrill in Manila on that poster behind you, Rick, with uh, Frazier. And who's, who's, who's in the background? Carlos Padilla, yeah. right? We we had some great referees, right? And you knew they were going to show up and and do great fights. Now, right, it's just kind of like fast-pitch softball, Rick, right, where, you know, you get the better umpires, I guess, every mm -hmm. once in a while. But I'm telling you, if, uh, if, if those of you out there, if you haven't seen the fight, mm -hmm. it's a horrible stoppage. Yeah. I mean, now, was Jamal James, you know, going to come back? Maybe. Like, mm -hmm. he was still game. It was just odd. It was just like a combination that, that Budayev was landing, and then all of a sudden the ref goes in there and waves it off. Yeah. And James, right, being just like the consummate uh, sportsman, right, and just taking it in stride, didn't really make a big deal of it. Yeah. I, w I would have been livid. No, yeah. It, it uh, you know, it just makes you kind of think, you know, uh, was uh, the ref – you know, on one side more than the other. And, uh, you know, but maybe he wasn't hurt that bad. I don't know. That's why I'm interested yeah. to, you know, to get certified, Rick. And yeah. the, there's the ABC that uh, is kind of the sanctioning body, right, of uh, of refereeing. I want to know. you like, I want to actually learn, right? And Jack Reese, by the way, he actually runs this place. Yeah. I want to get taught from the best. Jack Reese, by the way, that that's that's old school. Yeah. There, there, there's a really good ref. Uh, Davy Pearl, by the way, that's another guy back in the day. But um, I want to know, right? I mean, when and how is is a referee um, supposed to stop a fight? Because there was nothing that you could see that would tell you that that fight should have been stopped. Yeah, he wasn't defenseless, mm -hmm. right? He was still fighting back. Uh, it's not like the other fighter had uh, had dominated. I don't even think James went down in in the whole fight yeah. it was just yeah it was that it was that crazy um another thing Rick that's I thought was pretty interesting the ring magazine latest ring magazine on the cover by the way which I haven't gone through it completely because just it didn't interest me they had like a, a dream matchup between uh, Roberto Duran and uh, Pernell Whitaker mm -hmm. sounds interesting I haven't gone through that what I skipped forward to Rick was they had the top five fighters in um in every division all time Okay. Sure. Okay. And again, just kind of breezing through it. I think it's something that we're probably going to talk about uh, next week and maybe go through and, and maybe identify who we think the top five are, right? Here's just some things in going through all the divisions that were surprising to me, okay? Number one, there's really only one fighter in today's era mm -hmm. that made the top five in any weight division. Right. So in other words, all of the other fighters in the top five were fighters that pretty much are retired, yeah. right? Um, or are no longer in their prime. In fact, I don't think any of them are fighting anymore. Just taking another quick well, except one. Uh Alexander Usyk. Oh, wow. He made uh number two in the cruiserweight division. Yeah, okay. no, interesting because there's you know, there's a lot of Hall of Famers still, you know, still fighting and um some that we would consider 
you know, like Canelo, you know, yeah. one of the greatest of this era. Not nowhere. Yeah. Nowhere. Nowhere in any of the divisions. Okay, so here's another uh, few of the interesting observations, Rick, is um, Mr. 50-0 and himself, mm-hmm. right? Floyd Mayweather Jr. did not make number one on in any weight division. Yeah. Yeah, the closest that he got was at the 130-pound division, which, of course, is junior lightweight. He was number two. Oh, wow. Number Ooh. one, of course, Alexis Arguello. Yeah. Right. And who could argue that? No. Right. He absolutely dominated the 130 pound division. Mm-hmm. He stayed in the 130 pound division, which of course Mayweather kind of moved up, um, which which kind of cost him. But um, so some other observations. Okay, just make sure you uh, make sure you're in your seat that you don't lose it lose it here. Yeah. Right. Uh, Felix Trinidad. Yeah. Not one top five in any weight division. Right? Yeah, see, and, you know, that's an outrage because, you know, he should be mentioned in the welterweight. It was his best division. Yeah. He never lost, you know. I, I agree. Yeah. Didn't make it, Rick. Didn't yeah. make it. He did get an honorable mention, though. Yeah. He did get an honorable mention. Number one in the welterweight division, by the way, which I don't agree with. They had Sugar Ray Robinson. Uh-huh. See, because they, they had Sugar Ray Robinson, by the way, as number one all time as the welterweight and number one as a middleweight. I'm okay in the middleweight. He absolutely domi- yeah. dominated the middleweight division. Not so much in welterweight. I would have had Sugar Ray Leonard mm-hmm. as number one. Okay, they had Tommy Hearns there as well, but and then they they went old school with Henry yeah. Armstrong and Jose Napolis. But I absolutely would have had Trinidad Rick. Yeah, um, De La Hoya nowhere to be found. Yeah, which is kind of weird because he, you know. Uh... Yeah. He owns the magazine. Yeah, I know, which yeah. is good, right? I get yeah. it goes to show you that maybe they really are, you know, uh, objective, right? Mm-hmm. And, and when they're putting this together. Um, the great Manny Pacquiao, not number one in any list, Rick. Wow. Okay, not yeah. one. He did make the list, okay? Uh-huh. He did make the list, and then uh, so he made number five for that same junior lightweight division, the 130-pound. Okay. Okay. Um, so he did make that, but uh, but but nowhere else. Okay. No, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, Fredo Gomez, of course, you know, far and away, mm-hmm. number one at junior featherweight, which is 122. The great Julio Cesar Chavez, number yeah. one at 140 pounds. Oh, wow. So he did He did make that list. And, but wasn't he better at 135? I felt like he was better. I, you know, lightweight. You, we'd have to look at his yeah. record to see how many he won, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely weren't going to give him the lightweight. Yeah. You know who won the lightweight, right? The greatest lightweight of all time. Cleaned out the division. One of the four kings, Rick. Oh, Roberto Duran. Yeah, yeah. Which, which that makes sense, by the way, because pretty much anybody you ask will will say that he was, you know, in lightweight, he was complete, he was unbeatable. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I'm with you, right? You can certainly insert uh, uh, Hulu Sister Chavez there. They had uh, Pernell Whitaker at number four in the lightweight division. Oh. So yeah, man, just some real obvious omissions, I think. And yeah, and, and here's another one, right? The two, two more, two more insights at the junior middleweight division. We're talking 154. Not that we have to explain it to our fans, right? Yeah. Who are boxing purists. Uh, number one was Tommy Hearns, okay, mm-hmm. at 154. Um, but number four, Winky Wright. Yeah, you know, a little bit of a stretch. You know, I think uh, good boxer, but no, no, nobody. Ever wanted to go see a Winky Wright fight? No, no, exactly, exactly. And uh, if memory serves, right, Fernando Vargas beat him. Yeah, Fernando Vargas beat him. So kind of odd. Number two, Mike McCallum, right? Mike, mm-hmm. the body snatcher McCallum. Terry Norris at number three. So I thought that was a little odd to, to yeah. slip Winky Wright in there. That's one, right, where I could say, would you not take Anello over Winky Wright? Yeah, 
No, no, you, de- you definitely would. Right? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, that that's where I thought they could have put Canelo instead of inserting Usyk. Last, of course, in the heavyweight division, Rick, which made my day, um, they had Muhammad Ali 1, mm-hmm. Joe Lewis 2, number 3, Rick, Larry Holmes. Yeah. No, no, that's a good pick. Amazing, right, that he got that much credit because a lot of people um, will say that Larry Holmes was overrated because of the competition in that time. Yeah. And like I've said a number of times, right, he was responsible for making the competition look so bad. So, all right, Rick, um, that'll do it. We will talk more about uh, the top five, and I think we need to come up with our own top five and maybe insert a little bit more of today's fighters. This is round seven, Rick. You've got round seven today, a fight that resonates with us. What do you got? We're going to talk Ryan Garcia, uh, TKO7 over Luke Campbell. Happened earlier this year, January 2nd at the uh, American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, you know, doesn't that seem like just the whole world mm-hmm. ago? Yeah. Right? I mean, that is the fight that started off 2021, mm-hmm. right? And we thought, wow, right? Here's a sign of things to come, not only for boxing, but more importantly for Ryan Garcia, who yeah. got floored. He got not. He hit the canvas. Mm-hmm. I forget what round. Was it round four? Uh, it could have been three. three. Yeah, right. It was early. He gets up. Right, shows resilience, shows guts, comes back, finishes Luke Campbell, and we're thinking, man, here we go. Yeah, right. We're gonna see him fight at least one more time, maybe twice. As it stands, Rick, we've yet to see him fight. Yeah, no. Um, you know, now with the hand injury, it's gonna be uh, 2022, and um, you know, a couple of people calling him out. You know, we'll get into it. You know, in the news. But, um, you know, yeah. a lot of people feel that, uh, you know, he's not living up to expectations and not working hard enough. Yeah. Some very noteworthy people yeah. that I know we're going to talk about, right, are coming out against him yeah. or at least just being truthful from mm-hmm. what they see in him. Yeah. I think that is very interesting. So as it so it turns out he's going to fight once in 2021 mm-hmm. and he only fought once in 2020. Yeah. So right? it, it uh, you know, it's not shaping out like... Uh, like he'd like it, you know. He always calls out Travante Davis, all these other fighters, but yeah. he needs to be a little bit more active. And you know, hopefully, twenty twenty two, two to three fights. He's gonna have to. Yeah. It's gonna have to be again. If the great Canelo Alvarez, who's in action this Saturday, is fighting what like seemingly once every eight weeks, uh-huh. and he's pound for pound, best fighter and the face of boxing, and here Ryan Garcia, you know, for different reasons, physical, mental. Um, it's unfortunate, but all right, folks, coming up next segment, we're going to be breaking down the Caleb Plant, Canelo Alvarez, 168 pound unification. Can't wait. We'll be right back. Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. Yeah, man. No Tito Trinidad on the top five. Yeah. No, this is outrage, you know. That. Yeah. Especially after, you know, your stat of the week last week where mm-hmm. how many defenses did he have in the welterweight? I, I, I believe it was like 16 in a row. Yeah, 16 yeah. in a row, right? Uh, you yeah. tell me another welterweight and the way he did it in dominating fashion, yeah. right? But yet, yeah, not, not, not a top five, but... All right, Rick, Canelo Alvarez, another one who I think was slighted by not making any top five, barely even mentioned as honorable mention in any one of those. 
big fight against Caleb Plant. So let me just break down the quick tale of the tape so everybody's on the same page. Rick Canelo Alvarez, 56-1, 31 knockouts. Caleb Plant, 21-0, 12 knockouts. Age, Canelo, 31. Caleb Plant, 29. Both of them, by the way, uh, birthdays in July, like yours truly. So I think that makes them uh, cancer, Rick. Yeah. Height, depending on which source that you're looking at, Canelo is somewhere between 5'8", Right and six feet. No, actually, he they got him listed at about five nine, which I think is probably correct. Yeah. Okay, uh, Caleb Plant at a six one. Reach advantage goes to Caleb Plant at seventy four inches. Canelo seventy one inches. Canelo five and zero oh in his last five fights with three knockouts. Caleb Plant five and zero oh with two knockouts. So there's your really quick tale of the tape, Rick. If we had to continue the tale of the tape and look at their resumes as far as, you know, who's got the most uh, impressive dossier. It would have to be Canelo Alvarez, of course, right? Who's beaten champions like Billy Joe Saunders, uh, Sergey Kovalov, Callum Smith, Daniel the Miracle Man Jacobs, uh, Triple G, mm-hmm. fought him twice, Erislandi Lara, Miguel Cotto. Of course, he lost to Mayweather, right? Um, and uh, uh, J- James Kirkland, you can go on and on and on, right? When you look at Caleb Plant's resume, Rick, the most impressive fights have been, you'd have to say, Caleb Truex, and then, of course, when he won the championship against Jose Uzcategui. That's about it. Yeah, no, it's definitely not a who's who of, uh, of boxing on the Caleb Plant side. Yeah, so again, right, when you look at their resumes and you look at, you know, from a um, a physical perspective, you would say that, you know, Caleb Plant should have the advantage, right? Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's taller, he's got the reach, and he's two years younger, right? Yeah. Um, both of them orthodox right-handers. Caleb Plant, I would describe him as um, he's, he's, he's a technician in the ring, right? He's definitely boxer-puncher. He's got quick hands, right? He's a very smart fighter. He's not afraid to mix it up. So very solid, Rick, as far as you know, um, his skill set and proficiency as a, yeah. bo- as, a, as a fighter in the ring. Canelo, it's almost like he's remade himself, right? Originally, I would say you know, 80 to 90% of a counter-puncher, he would kind of wait for his opponent to make mistakes. The... The, the the heavier weight divisions that he's fought, Rick, he seemingly has taken a more aggressive approach. That could also be, you know, the trainers with Reynoso. Yeah. But here in his last fight, certainly in his last couple fights, he's really been more of a puncher and kind of a thudder yeah. than 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 because you really can't call him necessarily a boxer, right? No, more more of a counter puncher, uh, but uh kind of wears down his opponent. Yeah, yeah, and depending on what he wants to do, right, against the Lidrum, he was very efficient with his punches, but it's almost like from the very first round with the Lidrum, it's almost like Elidrum was already hurt and Canelo was stalking him to finish him off yeah. from the very first round, which was kind of interesting, right? Billy Joe Saunders just couldn't do enough, and then, of course, when he landed that crushing uppercut and you know uh, uh, broke his, his orbital bone around his eye, that fight was done, okay? So there you go, Rick. So let's talk about let's talk about Caleb Plant because yeah. that's really where it all starts. Okay. So what does Caleb Plant have to do? Never mind to make the fight competitive. What does he have to do to win this fight, Rick? Uh, well, to win this fight, um, he's got to use the jab. Um, I, I I went back and I was watching the Triple G fights, and yeah. Triple G was had some uh, success when he used his jab. 
Um, you know, Mayweather also used his jab and was able to. The Mayweather approach isn't going to work because just Mayweather's a lot better athlete than Caleb Plant. Yeah. So, and, you know, he's just not going to be able to do the same things. Yeah. Um, he's got to try to more emulate a Triple G style where, you know, a lot of jab, box, um, but he's also got to get um, Canelo's attention. Yeah. Um, if he can land a punch where it kind of hurts him and Canelo isn't stalking and keep uh, going forward, then, you know, that's the best thing for, for him to be able to do. Because if he's able to hit um, Canelo yeah. with everything he's got yeah. and he walks right through it, right. It, 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 it's, it's the match is over. Yeah. Um, I think that I think you're right. Okay, yeah. so I think the key is right. Um, here's you know again, and this is whether he can execute it or not, or whether mm-hmm. he has it in him, right? But I think landing the jab, I think that's like number one. Yeah. Right. He has to use the jab early and often. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's got good footwork, is the thing, right? So it's something that he's very capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with everything you said. What I think he has to do, Rick, I think they have to take it to the next level mm-hmm. and be very and be so tactical, even to a point where he has to be very surgical with which rounds you're going to want to win. Yeah. Like literally, Rick. Because here's the thing, right? He's he's the underdog. He's the six to one underdog. Yeah. Ganelo, you know the the odds. I think it's minus what is it? Minus thirteen hundred. Mm-hmm. Minus 1,200, which means like 92% chance, right? Here's what I think, and this is going to sound odd, Rick, but I think that you literally, if you're Caleb Plant, I don't think you could knock out Canelo. Okay? I don't. I don't think. And you have to know that going in, right? You you have to have a game plan. I think, Rick, you have to surgically identify seven rounds that you're going to win. Yeah. I think that's what you—and I'll tell you what is usually one of the easiest rounds to win, Rick, round number one. No, yeah, Canelo always uh, starts off slow. Um, if you can get him in the first couple rounds, yeah, you know, um, you know, try to bank those, and then at that point, you know, just try to pick up five of the last ten. That's that's kind of what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So I think that he has to use the jab. He has to move around. He has to. Um, he has to set traps, right? That almost like frustrate Canelo, that force Canelo to do something to um, almost like to add a desperation or frustration, I should say, to try and you know turn it into a in, in, into a firefight. And then Caleb Plant could land, um, you know, a couple of clean punches. I think the way Caleb Plant is going to win rounds, Rick, yeah. it's not going to be by volume, right? So it's not going to be because he outlanded Canelo, you know. 20 punches to 10, it's going to be where he gets outlanded, Rick, but he lands the cleaner punches. Yeah, That's how Caleb Plant's going to win rounds because mm-hmm. if he stands in there, right, foam booth type fighting, he's done. Yeah, Canelo's going to take him out. So he needs to be very economical with when he throws the right, when he throws the big hooks. And if he lands two or three of those, Rick, throughout the course of a round, mm-hmm. then then he gets on his bike for the rest of the round. Yeah, no. Um, also, too, uh, like if if we could have gone back a few months, um, I, I think not making Canelo mad would have been uh, the route to go. Yeah. I, I, I think <laughs> yeah. his, yeah. his um, best chance was yeah. if you had an unmotivated uh, Canelo Alvarez where, yeah. you know, he doesn't train. He's, yeah. oh, this is an easy fight. Yeah. I'm just going to beat him really, you know, now – He's angry. Yeah, you know, I know he 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 trained 
you know, really well for the last two months. Yeah. You know, Canelo's already one of the hardest workers around. Yeah. And when you give him that little bit of extra motivation. Yeah. You know, he's going to be ready for that fight. Yeah. He didn't need the the yeah. locker room, the bulletin board material, right? Yeah. Uh, heading into the fight. No, I agree. And then, you know, again, you don't have to motivate Canelo no. to train at 100% and be ready. He's the consummate professional. Um, so that's a good point, right? Yeah, heading into there, he probably just could have said, hey, it's an honor to be fighting Canelo, the pound-for-pound yeah. pound top fighter, honor to share the ring with him, right? I have nothing but respect, right? And maybe, just maybe, right, mm-hmm. that kind of lowers the temperature Yeah, going into that fight from uh, from Canelo's perspective, right? Um, I agree with that because here's the thing, right? Caleb Plant, what he's not short of, Rick, he's not short of heart, right? Mm-hmm. He's not short desire, He's not short, you know, the resilience, right, of a fighter. So he had, you know, you check all of the intangibles, he has them, right? Yeah. The The challenge is, does he have the physical attributes to execute the the game plan for 12 rounds? And I'm telling you, similar to, you know, to the horrible game plan that they had for Deontay Wilder where, you know, bulk him up yeah. so he gets tired and he looks lethargic after three rounds. Like, who would have done that? I think it has to be... A strategy where, you know, he's not going to be able to do what Sugar Ray Leonard did to Roberto Duran in the second fight, right? Yeah. Where he would, Ray Leonard went in there clowning him, you know, the bolo punch, right? The sticking his tongue out, that kind of thing. But I think you could do some of that, though, Rick. Yeah. I think you he's got to do some of that to frustrate Canelo to do some things that he's not used to doing. Bam, 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 right? Yeah. He lands some two, three punch combination. Gets on his bike, moves away, and I think if I'm his corner, right, I've got a notebook circling around saying, hey, listen, Caleb, we round, we won round one, round three, round six, round seven. All we need is one more round, yeah. right? I, I mean, literally, that's what they have to do. And if they believe that they've got seven rounds in the bank, Rick, then you pretty much start fighting very defensive for the rest of the fight. That is honestly... Um, how Caleb Plant can win this fight. Because what Caleb Plant can't do, Rick, he's not going to be able to stand in there. No. He's not going to be able to, you know, uh, stand in the pocket. He's not going to be able to draw Canelo in. That's exactly what Canelo wants to do. Yeah. So there you go. Now the question is, you know, can he do it? Um, I don't think he can. I, I yeah. think um, my my biggest thing in this is, you know, he does have the reach advantage. He has the height advantage. Yeah. Uh, he's a couple years younger, but Canelo's in his prime. Yeah. And uh, he's just going to be too much. Uh, Caleb Plant, I'm um, looking at some of the fights that he had. Yeah. And, you know, this is, you know, he's fought at this MGM Grand Garden Arena before. Yeah. But, um, you know, not only was he not the main event, you know, not even was he, you know, the, the co-main event. Yeah. You know, he was on the regular Fox undercard yeah. of... Mm-hmm. Um, Manny Pacquiao versus Keith Thurman. Yeah, that's you know, right. That's and, right. Um, that's right. You know some of the other fights. You know that he's had kind of in between. You know, not not the biggest um, venues. Yeah. Um, I think the lights. You know, the the moment. Yeah. It's just going to be too big for him. Yeah. Um, and um, he's. I don't think he's gonna. He hasn't fought anybody at yeah. this level. Yeah. You know, he, he's fought I, a lot of C level fighters. Right. But he hasn't even fought a B-level fighter. Yeah. And then you ask him to go in there against the best in the world. Yeah, I'll say this. I'll disagree with you on one thing. I don't think the lights will get to yeah. somebody like this. This is a guy, Rick, who's had, um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of personal, uh, you know, stuff that's gone on in mm-hmm. his life, right? With losing his mom, 
his daughter, right? Yeah. So there's been a lot of stuff. So I'm going to say that I don't think that will get to a guy like this. Yeah. I think he's been through too much, right? And and for a guy like Caleb Plant, I think fighting and getting in the ring, I think that's the easy part yeah. of what he does, right? Um, I think there's other fighters where, yes, the bright lights will definitely get to them. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case with this guy. But what, what you're 100% right with, however, though, is you know, is his resume yeah. and, and the level of fighters, you know, and, and his opponents. You're right. Again, you know, I said it at the very beginning when I was doing the tail of the tape, right? When Caleb Truex and Jose Uzcategui mm-hmm. are pretty much the only guys that you can name, right, um, as fighters, then he has not been in there with enough quality opponents, yeah. right? Uzcategui, of course, he won the championship from Anthony Durrell, and we, we don't talk about Anthony Durrell, as being a top 10 fighter, right? Yeah. Or a great fighter. And so that's going to be the biggest thing. When you, you when you look at the other side, of course, Canelo, you nailed it, Rick. You know, he's 31 years old, and he is in his prime, yeah. okay? Um, my buddy Jim Lampley, yes, I mentioned him my name, right? Yeah. He was saying that he can't believe that Canelo has become the fighter that he is today, that, you know, that who would have thought? Mm-hmm. And it's really been like, just like, like an avalanche, like little by little, man, over the last, you know, couple of years, he's just gotten better and better and better, mm-hmm. right? Yes, he fought Mayweather at what, 23 years old, and it was probably too young, mm-hmm. but it was also a good lesson for him, right? Yeah. Uh, people forget before that he beat, you know, uh, Austin Trout. Josecito Lopez, Shane Mosley, right? And then you keep going on from there. The Islandi Lara, a lot of folks in his own camp didn't want him to take that fight. Mm-hmm. And again, I said, you know, one of the judges, uh, Jerry Roth, he had it 113 to 115 for, for Islandi Lara. Caleb Plant, if he were to fight the same fighters that Canelo has, probably has, you know, five losses Yeah, on his record, right? Easily, yeah, no, e- easily. Um, it just th- there's nobody on that uh, on that list of fighters. You know, it, they they would never even get a Canelo fight. No, yeah, no. And so here's the thing, right? So we talked about what Caleb has to do. On the other hand, right, and this is how you know, and this is why somebody like Canelo was favored at you know minus twelve hundred, which is about ninety two percent, is that Canelo can win this fight doing several things, yeah. <laughs> right? He could win by simply countering and allowing Caleb Plant to bring the fight to him and then countering um, at the opportune moments. He could win by being the aggressor, Rick, right? And kind of jabbing and fainting his way, right? Or he could win if Caleb Plant decides for it to be a Hagler-Hearns, right? Um, pretty much street fight in the middle of the ring. He could win in, quite honestly, Rick, in a number of ways. Right, yeah. which is why he's he's favored so heavily. What I think is going to happen is I think that even though he's, he talks about how this fight is personal and how he wants to take him out, he's still not going to go in there, right, and uncharacteristically lose his cool no. and just start flailing yeah. away, right? I think he's going to go in there similar to what he did with Billy Joe Saunders, where he just methodically um, pursues Caleb Plant eventually he's going to cut the ring off. Eventually he's going to get him in the corner and he's going to land one or two thudding punches. And that's going to set the tone early. And this fight will be done, I think, before 10 rounds, Rick. Yeah, no, I, I think the same thing. Um, I'm, I'm thinking... Um, I was going to say 10 earlier, but I, I, I'm saying round eight. 
round eight. Canelo knocks him out in round eight. Yeah, and it could be sooner. Yeah, it could be sooner. I, you know, I, I and again, I like Caleb Plant, right? Um, mm-hmm. We chatted with him a little bit, right? Yeah. At the which fight was that? It was at the Dignity uh, Health Sports. I think Center, it was right? at the uh, Ruiz um, Ariola fight. Ariola oh, that fight. one. Yeah, yeah, the the fight, the infamous fight in the stands. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. Um, I, I just think again, right? Um, unless he's able to execute what we said and do it for twelve rounds, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I just, I just don't. I, I, I do. I think um, yeah, this is the type of fight where he could, if he wanted to, just kind of last and you know lose a decision. Yeah, he could do it. Yeah, but I think he's going to want to take enough risks where yeah. he's going to get caught. See, here's the thing, though, Rick, is I don't think he can do that. Yeah. I don't think – he has – yes, um, he's, he's again, I said he, he's a good technician in the mm-hmm. ring. He's got good footwork. He's got good hand speed. But he can't do what Mayweather and Erislandi yeah. Lara did. Mayweather has uh, probably you know one of the best defenses of any fighter ever, mm-hmm. right? He's got the shoulder roll, right? He's very sneaky. And Lara is – at the, when he fought him, which is what, back in – was it 2014? Yeah. Was it? Um, Lara was just, he's quick. He's much quicker mm-hmm. than Caleb Plant. So Lara was able to actually move around, right, and use his footwork. Um, Caleb Plant has good footwork, but he's not as fast as Lara yeah. in moving around the ring, Rick. So he's not going to be able, he doesn't have the same escapability, no. right? So he's not going to be able to move around. And so he's going to have to, at too many times throughout the fight, he's going to have to stand there and trade punches with Canelo. Mm-hmm. Lara didn't have to do that, Rick. Yeah. Lara was able to keep boxing and keep moving and kind of keep Canelo off balance. Caleb Plant can't do that. No. And and so, uh, you know, I was thinking about it. You know, my guy, Sonny Liston, this is probably one of the most lopsided matches since Liston beat Floyd <laughs> Patterson, Rick. He, he knocked out Floyd Patterson in round one, uh-huh. Rick. And then in the rematch, what did he do? He knocked him out again in round two. Yeah. And I think that I don't think he's going to knock him out in round one, but I do think that this is probably one of the most lopsided unification fights, right? Mm-hmm. In the maybe in the history of boxing. Yeah. You know, and it uh you know, it takes forever to finally get the fight made. Yeah. You know, it was yes, it's on, it's yeah. off, it's on. You know, so um I think the the plant Plants people knew, you know what? Let, let, let's cash out here, and um, you know we'll get him into this fight, and then you know once Canelo leaves the division, you know the belts will be up for grab again. I think so too. I was thinking about that as well, and yeah. that's a very valid point, Rick. Because when you look at the 168 pound division, there's other fighters there that Caleb yeah. Plant can be very competitive with, and maybe even beat. Mm-hmm. He's just not going to beat this guy. No, this is just not going to happen. Again, when I'm talking about being surgical and trying to win seven rounds yeah. and then get on your bike for the other five, right, and hope the judges saw it your way, that's reaching, yeah, right? Because there's not a lot of other strategies, you know, uh, at a tactical level that I think Caleb Plant has. He's outgunned, he's overwhelmed, but he's not overwhelmed by heart, Rick, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, or by desire. Uh, so there you have it. Is this your lock of the week, Rick? Yeah, I'll go ahead and make this my lock of the week. Canelo Alvarez by knockout. Yeah, and I think that's a good. Uh, I yeah. think that's a good decision, Rick. I think it's safe. Um, can't we? I, that being said, right? I still want to see the fight. Yeah, no, right. I still want to see how it plays out. Yeah. Um, you know, and and Canelo's like an artist in there. You want to yeah. see, you know, his masterpiece. No, that's exactly right. Because I mean, Kovalev, obviously light heavyweight. Mm-hmm. If he couldn't take Canelo out, 
Yeah. And he hit Canelo. Mm-hmm. He landed Canelo several times, all right? Even though, yeah, maybe he was on the other side of his prime, yeah. he's still the crusher. He still has a big yeah. punch, and he couldn't take him out. So how's Caleb Plant going to do it? No, and especially when Caleb Plant has been fighting who he's, who's been fighting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's hovering around 50% knockout rate, and most of his knockouts were at the beginning of his career. Yeah, exactly. So you're right, Rick. I mean, we're getting to see, you know, somebody in their prime, mm-hmm. regardless of whether it would be a mismatch, just watching them in their prime, right, is a, is, is a thing of beauty, right? Yeah. You don't get to see it, whether it's a football team or baseball teams that are dominating, right? It's fun to watch them when they're dominating because you don't get to see it too often. Yeah. There you go, folks. Everything you needed to know. Um, coming up next so we got some fights that happened over the weekend and then of course we got a lot of boxing news still we got that interesting Ryan Garcia stuff that's coming out and then other fights that are materializing Pacific Coast Boxing we'll be right back Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. Uh, I forgot to mention, Rick, I'm going to post them on uh, Instagram. We have a whole new uh, line of shirts, uh-huh. sweatshirts that came out. I know you got yours right there. They're looking good. Yeah, I actually got a sweatshirt as well uh, for you. I'll have, okay. to, I'll have to get it out for next week. But, yeah, I'm going to put those on Instagram, whole new colors. We got the Mexican mm-hmm. flag on the logo. And then, of course, we got the red, white, and blue on the logo as well. So I'm going to put those out. Uh, we'll have some of those at the uh, Munguia Rosado fight mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks. If anybody's going to go out there, we'll kind of put something together. If they hit us up, um, we'll let everybody know where we're at, right? Yeah. Hopefully we can uh, run into some folks. All right, Rick, uh, let's talk about the fights, a few fights that happened over the weekend, and then uh, boxing news. Yeah, so um, this past weekend, you know, we talked about the uh, Jamal James. Uh, he got knocked out by... Uh, Rad Zaheb, yeah, quote Butayev. quote unquote knocked out. Yeah, you know? um, yeah, you know, so early stoppage there, uh, and then uh, Jerron Butzinis looking good against uh, Thomas Delorme, uh, knocked him out in the first round, and um, also there was a pretty good uh, top rank card on ESPN. Yeah, uh, Jose Zapata. Yep, with the first round knockout over Josue Vargas. And, you know, they built this one up. It was, you know, Mexico versus uh, Puerto Rico. Right. And uh, Jose Zapata looked uh, impressive. Uh, caught him with uh, with the nice punch. Yeah. Uh, Vargas fell forward, you know, on his face. He's kind of stumbling around the ring. Yep. Ref kept it going. Probably could have stopped it. Yeah. And then, um, you know, had him up against the ropes and defenseless. So um, finally stopped in the first round. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a hell of a fight. I don't think any I don't think most people thought that that fight was going to only go one round. Mm-hmm. By the way, right? I think I think folks thought it was going to be a um, a competitive fight. Yeah, but certainly, cer- certainly not like that. No, right? no. The other guy, um, I I think um, you know, Josue Vargas was kind of up and coming. You know, so this would have been um, yeah him uh, his his rival. Yeah, you know, but uh, Jose Zapata. Uh, impressive in this in this fight. Yeah, and I'll tell you, um, you know, going back, right, going back to the um, to the uh, to the welterweight fight mm-hmm. again. I already said it in the opening segment. Absolutely horrible, horrible stoppage. Right, yeah. I feel for Jamal James. Now Jamal James had a long layoff, right, and and he looked and he looked apart. He looked a little rusty. But I'll tell you what, Rick, 
I had him winning several rounds, and mm-hmm. and and the the judges, although the judges had uh, Budayev ahead, um, that wasn't necessarily how the announcers had it. I forget yeah. who the you know the, the the TV judge had it, but the TV judge had it much closer. Mm-hmm. So did I. That's why it was so odd that the fight was stopped. Yeah, when it was okay. But that being said, okay, more than likely Budayev was going to uh, you know continue on and beat James anyways. Although we'll never know. But he, let's just say he probably would have. Um, not a bad looking fighter at 147, Rick. Right? I don't yeah. consider him the WBA champion. I think uh, uh, Urdanis Ugas is clearly the champ. Uh-huh. But I'll tell you what, Rick. He would be a very interesting opponent. For a lot of fighters, yeah. he's tough. He's in your face. He's very busy. So I'm talking about, you know, um, uh, you know, a Virgil Ortiz Jr. Mm-hmm. Again, a Jerron Boots Enes, right? Who looked absolutely incredible. Like he's pretty competitive. Yeah. So I was pretty impressed with uh, with how this guy fought. Um, and it was uh, again, you know, he he got the victory in a horrible stoppage, but but good fighter. Yeah. Is he a champion yet? No, I don't consider him a champion. But I think that he's a fighter that you can put in there against some of these top guys and just, just to see. Heck, I'd like to see him against Jamal Crawford. Yeah. No, no. Or yeah. Terrence Crawford, Terrence I mean. Crawford, yeah. No, yeah. It, it'd be good to see him in there. And, uh, you know, I would like to see Terrence Crawford, you know, step up his competition. Yeah. You know, and if it's, um, you know, Butaev, then, then, then so be it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, anyways, yeah, that was, uh, it was, it was good. It was mm-hmm. good. Uh, it was a good card, good fights. Other than the referee, yeah. Um, so yeah, coming up this week, this weekend um, on on Friday, we have uh, ESPN Plus Michaela Mayer versus Maiva Hamadouche. Yes, for the WBO uh, Junior Featherweight Title. Yeah, and the IBF Junior Featherweight Title. That's good to be seeing Michaela Mayer, by the way, in action. Yeah. So that's going to be a good fight. That'll be a good fight, and then um, you know, also you've got the Canelo Plant. Um, also on the undercard, you've got Andre Durrell, um, Ray Vargas versus the Leonardo Baez. Yeah. You know, Ray Vargas hasn't fought in a long time. Yeah. Yep. I feel like it's been a year and a half since we've seen uh, Ray Vargas in the ring. Yeah, it has been a while. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, it's almost been too long. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much um, what we have for the weekend. You're know, looking forward to Showtime pay-per-view, uh, Canelo versus Plant. Yeah, that's that's the uh, that's real. That really is the fight. I mean, there's some fights in London that mm-hmm. are taking place as well, um, but obviously, you know, all that's going to be overshadowed by the plant. Yeah. And and Canelo card on Saturday the sixth. So, excellent, Rick. All right, what do we got uh, going on in the boxing news, Rick? So, um, sticking with uh, Canelo. Yeah. Uh, he made some comments about Ryan Garcia that he's kind of wasting his potential. Yeah. He's not working as hard. Um, and it, it sounds like he'd like to see him in the gym, you know, more often. Yeah, I thought that was pretty uh that's pretty telling, right? Mm-hmm. Because over the last year or so, right, um, you know, seemingly, right, if you believe what you see on social media and what you read, et cetera, is that Garcia and Canelo had almost like, you know, established and were cultivating some kind of relationship, uh-huh. right? Some kind of friendship. Like brothers, you know, yeah. there, there was a big embrace You're right. you know, in, in after his last victory. Yeah, I mean you saw Canelo in the um, in the stands, mm-hmm. right for the fight that we talked about earlier, that uh, Ryan Garcia ended in round seven, and you saw Canelo. Remember, he was standing up and you know barking instructions, telling him calm down, because yeah. remember Garcia was trying to knock him out early, etc. And I think the difference, right, is that Canelo 
Alvarez is as old school as you can be, mm-hmm. right? He's very dedicated to the sport, yeah. right? That, you know, the the, the infamous, uh, uh, you know, Marvin Hagler about, you know, it's hard to do road work at 5 a.m. when you're waking up in silk pajamas. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of what's going on here, right? Mm-hmm. Canelo Alvarez still wakes up at 5 a.m. and does road work, even though he truly is waking up in silk pajamas, yeah. by the way. He's a connoisseur of silk pajamas, Rick. And I think that I, when he looks at a guy like Ryan Garcia with the 8 million followers and the money, I think he sees that that's not the case, right? Yeah. The dedication isn't matched and the commitment to being a great fighter. And so he's just kind of saying what he feels, which I think is good. Yeah. No, he kind of feels like uh, Ryan Garcia thinks he's arrived, but yeah. he really hasn't, you know, th- there's a lot more to get done in the sport of boxing for him. Yeah, and I think that's what. Yeah, and I think it's good, right? I think the you know mm-hmm. gift is the, is the ultimate feedback, and honest yeah. feedback is a privilege. And so you know, Canelo is putting that mirror in front of Ryan and say, "Here's what we see you as." Maybe that'll help motivate him. You like yeah. you don't hear what's interesting, um, because Ryan Garcia, right? He's you know any opportunity, whether it's Tank Davis or anybody else, he goes after them in social media. Didn't really say anything, right? Yeah, no. That we know of, hasn't uh, commented on that. No, not yet. Um, Even Eddie Hearn, you know, he chimed in and said that uh, he's criticizing his lack of dedication to the sport. Yeah. And that a lot of other fighters, you know, outwork um, Ryan Garcia. Yeah, no. And Eddie Hearn saying it, by the way, is is just as much, you know, from a promoter's perspective, Mm -hmm. right? They're trying to goad him and trying to, you know, promote his own fighters, right? But unfortunately... There's probably some truth to that, mm-hmm. and, and he's and, he, and he's probably you know he gets information from Canelo, and yeah. you know so he probably has the inside scoop on yeah what's really going on there. Hey man, and he's created this right, yeah. so it's not like Ryan Garcia could look around and say, oh, there's all these haters right mm-hmm. that are just bashing on me. No man, like y- you've created it right, you've earned it yeah. right, you've established that perception that you're not very dedicated right. Um, you know, there's the whole he's out because of the depression and he's not feeling well. And again, you know, I'm, I, if that's what he's saying, then I have to take him for his word, yeah. except you look at the social media and he's out and about doing a whole bunch of stuff. Right. Yeah. So but I don't know. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a specialist in that. And then now his hand gets hurt and he's only fought in twice in the last two years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's either, you know, change the reality or, or, or change whatever's making people believe the perception that you're not a dedicated fighter. Yeah. Um, also, we've got um, Rolly Romero is out of the Gervonta Davis uh, fight, and yeah. uh, Isaac Pitbull Cruz uh, is going to step in, and the fight is uh, December 5th, Showtime pay-per-view from Staples Center. I'm um, actually looking forward to this one. I, I actually, you know, I, I messaged you, and I, yeah. I feel like Isaac Cruz is a better fight. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I hope so, right? Yeah. I hope so. Hopefully this is a case, you know, kind of where, uh, you know, or Donnie, uh, you know, Jordanis Ugas, right? Mm-hmm. Stepping in and fighting Manny Pacquiao, of course, beating Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. Don't know if Cruz will beat um, Gervonta Davis, but um, yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, you know, Romero, no, no shortage for words, but he looks like he's got some allegations that are taking yeah. place. So they went ahead and pulled him from the card. So we'll, yeah, we'll see. Ho- hopefully we do still see a good fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Nonito Donaire versus uh, Raymond Raymart uh, Gaballero. Yeah. Um, this will be December 11th and at, in Carson at yeah. the Dignity Sports uh, Health Center. Yeah. Um, also on the undercard, uh, Brandon Lee. 
Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Okay. So it should should be a good card out there. Um, That's gonna be a Showtime card, then, yeah. huh? Yeah. With cause Brandon Lee, you know, Cameron Duncan was talk was telling mm-hmm. us about that, right? So, you know what's um, what and and that'll be good. So uh, you know, Raymark Gavallo is uh, listed as you know one of the WBC champions. Mm-hmm. So that'll be the you know a WBC unification fight yeah. at the 118 pound division. Um, I'm a big Nonito Donaire, the Filipino Flash. Hopefully, Donaire wins that fight and then gets yeah. the rematch with the monster Inoue. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that, that that would be awesome, and uh, this would be the lead up to it. Yep, I'm I'm just kind of curious. December 11th, how cold is it going to be out there? Yeah, that's seems, true. Huh? Seems that's like every true. time we go out there, it's, yeah. it's, it's really hot. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. So, well, know, ho- yeah, hopefully there's you know no no rain. The rain holds off. Yeah. I mean here, right? But you're right. Even even out here at that time, yeah. it could still get in the you know mid fifties, sixties, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's, that's not far from the coast, really. No, it's, it's right there. So, yeah. yeah, it could be a cold night. Yeah. Um, WBC is going to order Tyson Fury versus Dillian White. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah, and then that's fine. Like yeah. I said, you know, I said that um, you know. Tyson Fury deserves to kind of take a victory lap. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is a victory lap. Yeah. Because he'll beat Dillian White. He'll beat Dillian White. Yes. And, you know, but it does make it look really suspicious when Dillian White pulls out of his fight. Yeah, of course. And there's already, you know. Yeah. He's already got another fight lined up. Right. So he already knew, right? Didn't want to risk yeah. that. You brought that up last week or I think the episode before. And you were absolutely right. Yeah. This is the same Dillian White that gets knocked out by Povetkin, mm-hmm. right? And then, of course, a rematch, I think, two weeks later, right? Beats Povetkin, so now he's back in the yeah. I so the reason why I like this fight is let's put Dillian White out of his misery, yeah. so we're not having to talk or read about how Dillian White is one of the top five heavyweights <laughs> today, which he's not. Yeah, we we'll just finish him and, and we'll be done with that. Exactly. Talk. Yeah. Um, Shakur Stevenson, uh, Bob Aaron wants to put him up against Miguel Burchelt. Yeah. Um, in either March or April of uh, 2022, um, you know, it'd be a good uh, good step up fight. You know, for Stevenson, and we'll see if Burchelt has anything left. Yeah, I don't like this matchup for Burchelt. No, I think it's a bad matchup. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and again, right now, knowing what we know about Oscar Valdez, mm-hmm. hate to say it, Rick, but we don't know, right? Um, it doesn't mean Oscar Valdez is a bad person. It doesn't yeah. mean he actually cheated. It just is what it is, right? Yeah. Based on what we know of his previous fight, um, I, I think that because remember Burchelt was like the monster at 130, mm-hmm. right? Nobody wanted to, to to fight this guy. Um, he's still recovering, I would imagine. I would have liked to see Miguel Burchelt, and again, in just kind of a, a tune-up, yeah, right? Because he was thrashed pretty badly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he was thrashed. He was beaten really badly, man. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see him. If I'm his manager promoter i'd put him in there against kind of a winnable fight maybe against somebody more in the you know 15 20 round you know ranked or 20 uh not round but uh ranked as far as uh in the 130 pound division yeah um i just think shakur stevens is a bad matchup yeah no yeah it, it probably is and it could just be that uh you know, Aram's still trying to build up uh stevenson for that oscar valdez fight yeah and it's a good matchup um, for him yeah um David Benavides has a new opponent, uh, Uzgateki. Yeah. Uh, he got pulled from this fight for yeah. banned substance. Uh, yeah. It was uh, EPO. Mm-hmm. And will now fight uh, Kyron Davis. 
Yeah, that's unfortunate, sort of, because yeah. I, I'll be honest with you, right? I didn't think Uzkateki was going to put up any sort of a fight mm-hmm. against uh, David Benavides anyways, right? Yeah. Only thing is, Uzkateki's got the name. Uh, you know, we talked about him earlier. That's how Caleb Plant won the 168-pound uh, version of uh, of the IBF championship. Um, and, of course, right, we were just yeah. talking about Oscar Valdez. Oscar Valdez also tests positive. But gets the fight, Rick. Yeah. So why does um, Jose Uzcategui well, get pulled? Follow the money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's not good, though. No, it doesn't make any sense, yeah. right? It doesn't make any sense. Billy Joe Saunders test positive. Mm-hmm. Similar timing, right? It was outside of what's considered, you know, that 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 fight, that time zone within yeah. 24 hours before the weigh-in. Um, same thing through VADA. And uh, Billy Joe Saunders gets pulled. And... Um, so here, there you have it. Yeah. Welcome to boxing. Yeah. Um, the monster Inouye, he's yeah. going to fight uh, Aran Depayan. Yeah. Uh, December 14th. Uh, the Depayan is so little no- well known yeah. that they're not even going to show this uh, fight on ESPN. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. You know, you got to be able to watch that fight somewhere. I mean, yeah. it, it is Inouye, by the way. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, and by the way, those are, you know, uh, in a way's manager and promoters keeping them busy. Yeah. Right? Is they, hey, at least we're going to showcase them. I would imagine, is that fight in Japan? Yes. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah, so, they, uh, you know, maybe that's why, you know, they only have a certain amount of dates on ESPN. And, yeah. And didn't want to burn it on that fight. But, yeah. uh, you know, stay busy fight. Hopefully, you know, that means, you know, that's that's the fight before he fights uh, Donaire. Yeah, I hope so, too. Um, Jose Ramirez versus uh, Ho- Jose Pedraza, another... Uh, you know, Mexico versus Puerto Rico. Yeah. It'll be February 5th in uh, Fresno at the Save Mart Center. Yeah, and this will be um, this will be Ramirez's first fight, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Since his loss to Josh Taylor. And I think that's going to be a good fight. Yeah. Right? Pedroza's a solid opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, that, that, that's a good one. No, yeah, look, looking forward to that one. And yep. uh, that's it for the uh, boxing news. Yeah. And by the way, you know, with the whole uh, Uzkategi, I agree that he should be pulled, by the yeah. way. I mean, he should. Right, the, the what's frustrating, and I said, welcome to boxing, is that there's just so much inconsistency. They, they should all be pulled. They should all be pulled. Right. Yeah. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't depend on what your name is. It shouldn't mm-hmm. depend on what state your the fight is in. It shouldn't depend on you know who the state's uh, athletic commission is yeah. and how lenient they are, or you know what's at stake. It should be. It's it's black and white. Yeah. It's a, it, it's binary. And this one's another kind of weird one because they are fighting in Arizona. Yeah. But you know, I don't think it's on tribal land. I don't right. know if that matters. Um, but um, yeah, no titles on the line, so just kind of strange. Yeah. Just doesn't make any sense. All right, Rick. We'll be right back with the stat of the week to close this thing out. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back, wrapping up the show with the stat of the week, getting ready for the big Canelo plant fight, Rick, but not until we get the stat of the week. Yeah, so looking at this, uh, I wanted to look at CompuBox. Yeah. And uh, the the fighter that has the throws the most average punches per round yeah. is the same fighter that lands the most total punches per round. Okay, that's interesting, yeah. you know, now that you say it that way, because... Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily have to be the case, right? Because you could yeah. have a fighter that throws a lot of punches, 
but isn't very accurate. But doesn't land, yeah. So this has to be the fighter that throws the most, that lands the most. Um, I got it wrong when we were when you first brought uh-huh. this up. I I thought, and you know, it has to be a lighter division, right? Yeah. It's certainly not going to be in the heavyweight division or something like that. I thought Emmanuel Navarrete, mm-hmm. uh, but I was wrong. The the answer, Rick, is uh, Roman uh, Chocolatito Gonzalez. Yeah, interesting. And what are his numbers? He's got he throws uh eighty nine point two punches per round. Yeah, and lands an average of thirty two point four per round. Wow. I mean, and we were talking about it, right? So over 12 rounds, that's over 1,000 punches mm-hmm. per round. I mean, per, per, round, per, per fight, fight yeah. right? For 12 rounds. That's that's quite the deal, right? Yeah, that's it's a lot. Yeah, and then when you look at it, uh, when you look at it uh, per round, right? Mm-hmm. 90, let's just round it up to 90, you know, 180 seconds in a round, Rick. 90 per round, that means every two seconds he's throwing a punch. Yeah. Yeah, and even to dive in it a little bit further. Yeah, um, he throws sixty six point two power yeah. punches per round. Oh wow! So those aren't just jabs. Yeah, he, he's right. Sixty two power punches per round. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it, uh, somebody was asking me when they started the Compu Bunt, uh, right? And mm-hmm. and I think it was over the last fifteen twenty years. Yeah, right. Um, and I think there's multiple. Um, individuals who have that responsibility mm-hmm. right i think there's folks you know like there's one that has like that counts the power punches and yeah. then there's another one that just counts the jabs etc right um because it would be interesting to look at these like all time right yeah um as far as how that went and the thing is by the way the good and bad of the compu punch rick is that it also kind of started controversy because folks some people will use that mm-hmm. as a gauge of whether or not somebody want to fight yeah. And that's not always the case. No, no. Right? You know, just because somebody outlanded somebody in the compu box numbers, you know, favor a fighter, that doesn't mean the fighter's winning. Yeah, no. The, the, the You know, you can't determine how hard somebody's hitting, how much damage it's actually doing. Right. You know, the um, ring generalship, you know, it doesn't take into all that. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Like you said, it doesn't tell you, you know, how effective the punches were, right? How telling they were, how the punches changed a you know a a a particular round right Mm -hmm. how it changed the balance of it i mean yeah there's fights where you look at the fighters faces even that's another thing that you can't really use but but the um but the compubunk punch that's the good and bad of that by the way and i love it right i'm a data guy i love the you know data analytics piece of it but that's one that you got to be really careful about yeah when you look, especially when they show the post fight, and then the fighters will even invoke it, right, and say, "Look at the punch stats. I landed more," but it's like, "Yeah, man," but they weren't the hardest punches, mm-hmm. and they didn't change the round, right? So that's the good and bad of it. That being said, Rick, that is an excellent stat of the week because the thing is with uh, with uh, you said Chiquita Gonzalez, right? Yeah, I mean, or yeah. Actually, uh... Or was it Humberto? I'm thinking about a different guy. Chocolatito. Chocolatito, yeah. sorry. But cho- yeah, I think same weight division. Yeah. But uh, yeah, with Chocolatito, however, right, the numbers are valid because, like you said, he's thrown actual power punches, mm-hmm. right? And he's actually landed, and we've seen him fight. So sometimes um, they are representative yeah. of the fight and the fighter, but not always. All right, Rick, I don't think that we'll see that many punches this Saturday. No. Right? In fact, I think I don't even think we'll get to see uh, the 12th round mm-hmm. of punches, okay? Unless for some reason Caleb Plant is able to execute the strategy that we laid out, 
We both don't think it's going to happen. We think it's over in less than 12. You got it over in, what did you say, Rick? Uh, eight? Eight, eight. Yeah, I've got either seven or nine is what yeah. I think. I'll go with round seven. That'll do it for this week. We'll talk next week, Rick. Yeah, see you next week.